Welcome back to Hashtag Single with Jeanette Bonner. I am not a relationship expert or sex therapist. I'm just a regular New York City woman navigating the world as a single, independent feminist. Hashtag Single is about having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. So I hope you'll join me on this interesting, challenging, and complex journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. Welcome back to Hashtag Single. I am Jeanette Fauna, your host. Here we are. It's June. It's a beautiful day and we have nowhere to go because <laughs> we're all still in quarantine. But I have a phenomenal expert um, for our expert session of uh, this month for you. And I'm super excited to introduce her to you. Everybody, may I please introduce Raylene Taskoski. Raylene, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Um, Raylene is a motivational speaker and stand-up comedian. She has spoken to over 10,000 women about sex over the last decade. And from that, she's created a keynote talk called Let's Talk About Sex, the importance of open, honest discussions about women's sexual health. Raylene developed her unique mix of sex ed and stand-up comedy in living rooms throughout New England. And for 13 years, she's educated women about how their bodies work and why they work that way. And along the way, she's gained some hilarious universal truths and insights, letting everyone hear what we've been talking about in private for years um that's quite a bio <laughs> yeah you sound, and you, you did sound a great like job on it oh thank you <laughs> you sound like the best friend that everybody needs to have to be perfectly honest yeah i'm gonna talk about sex whether you want me to or not <laughs> because it's just so ingrained in me that it just becomes a conversation and the more i talk about it the more uh people are getting more comfortable talking about it yeah it like destigmatizes it a little bit exactly and that's what i'm going for yeah i found that way with my friends too um like i've always just been sort of a straightforward person who um is is not um prim or proper about sex and i have found um you know i'll just say like I remember once I was like uh, talking with some girlfriends and I was just like, oh my God, he had the biggest penis. And they were, there was just like a moment of silence. And I was like, was that, what, what did I say? Penis? Or did I, <laughs> just cause I said he had a big penis. Like people were just like, oh, you're, you're just going to say it like that. And then I, everyone just sort of got okay with the fact that like Jeanette's going to just sort of say it like it is and accepted that about me. That's, yeah, 100%, because I think, honestly, using proper body part names freaks people out. And I always say penis. There is no other word for that body part in my mind. Um, there's lots of them that I hear, and some of them, to me, are very cringy. But for me, it's a penis. And it's a penis on my grandson, and it's a penis on my husband, and it's a penis on that guy over in the park. Like, it's what it is. And I see people sometimes will cringe when I say penis. And and I'm like, why? First of all, let's destigmatize body parts. Do you also get freaked out when somebody says no, uh, nose, elbow, big toe, knee? Right, right, right. Like, it's a body part. That's what it's called. It's a penis. Um, and then I'm also the same thing with vagina, vulva, clitoris, labia. And uh, I wasn't always that way. 
but I've now become so used to uh, doing, saying things. The way it started out is because I was in direct sales, I, I wanted the parties to be fun and educational, but I didn't want them to be vulgar. And so what other people find vulgar are very different. And so if you just use the word penis, vagina, vulva, testicles, nobody can ever accuse you of being vulgar. And so I just got used to it. And now, I mean, that's that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. So let's talk about um, a thing I, I don't think I was uh, clear on is that you are also the senior director at a company called Pure Romance, which is the nation's leading in-home direct sales company for women, offering right. what they refer to as romance enhancement products. Talk about euphemisms. And um, an intimacy education. So like, which came first for you? Excuse my pun, but um, <laughs> uh, the uh, working for Pure Romance or, or creating your talks and your comedy bits about sexual education oh 100 pure romance i've been when i started with pure romance i couldn't say vagina or penis or anything without blushing oh my god i knew absolutely nothing i had no toys no loops no heighteners no cleaners no lingerie and as i say at my comedy show no complaints right so it wasn't like i got into it because i needed anything i got into it because i realized that there was a education that needed to happen because at the first party that I went to, well, there was actually three parties before I got started. One of them was vulgar and disgusting and I swore I would never go to one of those parties again. And then 12 years later, I went to a party and then three months later, I went to another party with the same girl. And then after that, I joined Pure Romance, which was not the same companies. These are sex toy parties specifically, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah, I had been to three sex toy parties before I decided to join. The first one, like I said, was like horrifying. And I swore I would never go back. And then um, this is actually part of my TED Talk is how I got started with Pure Romance was that I learned something at the first party that I feel like I should have always known. And I was kind of pissed off about it. So at the age of 38, I was learning about lubrication in a normal, natural way in that most women need lubrication. And I was angry because I was 38. And I'm like, how? How did I get to 38 with nobody ever telling me about lubrication? Not a doctor, not a friend, not a partner. Not, not your my gynecologist? Mom. Not not really. You know, they would say, you know, do you feel lubricated enough? And then, you know, when your legs are in the air, you will say whatever <laughs> you got to say to get them back down. So I was like, Yes. Yes, I'm lubricated enough. Knowing full well that many times I was not lubricated enough, but I think unless you're in the moment and you're thinking about it, you know, or like when women are going into menopause and it's consistently dry, then at their doctor, they're like, hey, I'm having a problem with lubrication. But there's so many other times that you have issues with lubrication, but they're not permanent and they're not long lasting that you just skip it when you shouldn't skip it because sex is never supposed to be painful. And anytime you're literally dragging a penis through your vagina up and down those vaginal walls, you're creating micro tears. So you should always be well lubricated, if not naturally, then with something else. And I didn't learn that until 38. And that's when I said, somebody needs to go out and share this information. Yeah. And, and, and do you think that was just like, 
I've talked about this on the podcast in previous episodes. We just talked about our um, lack of sufficient sexual education in schools in America. Um, True. Is it, do you feel like that was really the the reason that that you felt sort of in the dark about things, or or was it really coming from the way that you grew up? Both, all of those. Um, I was raised in a, a very born again Christian conservative family. So we didn't talk about sex. Uh, I got married at 18. So, um, there wasn't any talk about sex then there was no talk about lubrication. There was no, um, I mean, there's obviously we figured out the pleasure part of it, but (laughs) sex education doesn't cover pleasure. So if it doesn't cover pleasure, it's not going to cover lubrication. Totally. Totally. A hundred percent. So, so Talk to me about how how you went from being sort of uneducated about sexual health to working for the company. <laughs> well, I started knowing nothing. And then it was all um, ask and learn. Like people would ask me a question and then I would go find out the answer. We have some really great uh, resources that are available to us. And so just over the course of the years, just learning, just talking to the women, um, women giving me feedback and information, look at answering questions for people, seeing where there's the look on people's faces where you can just tell that they don't know what you're talking about and, and being able to go back and say, okay, where did I lose you? And the amount of people who say, you know, hey, are you looking in my bedroom window? That sounds just like me. I thought it was weird. And I'm like, no, you're completely normal. That's a very normal thing that's happening to you. And then um, so I learned it all through there. And I'm still learning. Like I'm taking a class right now uh, from the Indiana University Bloomington on sexual health information so that even as I'm doing these talks, I can make sure that the information that I'm sharing is valid and correct. And through all of those parties, every time I would do a party, people would say, you should do stand up. You're so funny. You have to do stand up comedy. And, and I was like, no, I'm, I'm not a comedian. That's silly. I tried it once when I was 27. It was scary. I don't want to do that. And I had a business coach. And she said, what's your favorite part of the party? And I said, my favorite part of the party is when everybody's laughing so hard they can't breathe, they're getting migraines or peeing themselves. Like, that's my favorite part. She goes, well, what about when you go in the shopping room and you get them all the products that are right for them in their relationship? And I said, um, so I said, no, that's the part where if I could just do the comedy and then mic drop and walk the fuck out, I would be super happy. Like, that's the part where I make money. It has nothing to do with the message or the fun that I'm having. And so my business coach said, well, you have to go do comedy then find an open mic. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And so she says, she goes, you paid me a shit ton of money to be your coach. Are you going to do what I'm telling you to do or not? And so I did, I went and I took a, a section out of my actual pyramids demo I took out the sales part of it and then I just rewrote it as a comedy five minutes. And when I got off stage, I had done it Facebook live because so many people had told me I should try stand up comedy that I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it Facebook live and you guys are going to see that I do not belong on a stage. And before I even got home, I had 1200 views. It had been shared like 50 times. And by the end of the week, I had 7,500 views and I had two booked gigs. 
to oh do my comedy. God. And I was like, oh. Power of social media. I love it. I was like, I guess I'm a comedian now. You're like, fuck. Yes. Now I have to follow through. So so you're doing two things. You're doing sort of, um, well, maybe three things. You're doing the, the sex parties for pure romance. Yeah. You're, you're doing sexual education talks, motivational speaking. And you're also doing stand-up comedy, which is sort of um, – tacked on to sort of sexual education. Yes, I have a show and it's called Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed and it's a stage show. Uh, And I have sold out twice. I've done it four times. Two times it was a completely sold out show. Congratulations. Uh, And it is a combination of a comedy show, a sex toy party, and a sex ed show all together. So it's kind of I took the two things that I really loved doing and mashed them together so that I could do it in bigger audiences and not have to sell product. I love that. And so where are you mostly doing your shows? Is it like in schools? Is it in colleges? Is it bachelorette parties? Like who's your key demographic here? Is the focus more on education or entertainment? It's both. It's edutainment. Um, And I have been doing them in local theaters. So ideally, I would love to be in colleges. Um, I would love, I have this fantasy and I'm just going to keep saying it until the universe gives it to me. Um, I want to do my Let's Talk About Sex, the value of open, honest discussions about women's sexual health at a Rachel Hollis Rise conference or something similar. And then that evening, have my stand-up comedy sex ed show be their entertainment. Hmm. I, I I support that. I re- reverberate that back into the universe for you. That is a good desire. And I don't see why that can't happen anyway. You know, it's it's I feel like there's a need for this kind of content. And any time you can wrap any kind of education um, with comedy, with laughter so that people can relax um, it's, it's, it's much more valuable and, and it's honestly much more received. Like I try to make this show really fun and silly, obviously. Um, and we laugh all the time, you know, so that we can talk about serious things as well. You know, right? like who else, who wants to like be talked at for an hour about sexual health? Like right. nobody, we all have trauma from that from high school, you know? So like, why can't yes, we you got that in high school? Right. Truly, truly. But you know, so like, and sex is fun and sex is also inherently hilarious. So why can't we fucking joke about it? Like how great. That's what I want to do. I want to make my shows at some point, my t-shirts on the front. I want the stand up comedy sex ed logo. And on the back, I want it to say, because sex is funny. Yes. A hundred percent. So wait, how do you decide about like what material you want to focus on in your shows? Because there's so much comedy and sex. It's it is really um, I like to say it's soccer mom friendly, and because I am who I am, it is uh, fairly heteronormative. But I try to use inclusive language as often as possible because I'm basing it. A lot of the jokes and things are based on my sex life. Um, that's not to say I'm not going to mention that this is great if you're, you know, have a, a, a male partner and you're a male or if you're a female, female partner. I will throw those things in there because I don't want anybody to feel left out. But I'm not going to pick on gay sex because I've never had it. <laughs> and that's how you get shut down in this world. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm only going to pick on things that I know about. <laughs> so, But you're married, right? Yeah. 24 years on Monday. And how, oh, <laughs> happy anniversary in advance. Thank you. How, um, how does your husband feel about you constantly like making light of your sex life to the public? 
Um, he, I've heard him giggle. Uh, and it's funny because he does not laugh. He is nearly impossible to get me to make him laugh. And he had never seen a pure romance party because they're ladies only. And he hated my comedy, hated it. Um, and we have gotten in arguments about the, about comedy when I pick on him or I say something that had happened. Uh, and for a while he was banned from coming to my comedy shows because he would get pissed. And I would be like, dude, it's comedy. You know, I, all comedy is based a little bit in reality, but everybody knows it's exaggerated for comedic effect, you know, and but he couldn't handle it. But then when I started doing my stand up comedy sex ed shows, he became my number one fan. He's helping me bring my stuff in. He sets everything up. He breaks everything down while I'm doing the kiss and cry in the back. And I remember the first time I did my stand up comedy sex ed, he was in the very back of the room and I said something and I heard him laugh. And I said, that's, that's it. I've done it. Oh my gosh. I've done it. (laughs) So it's not, I start out in the beginning and I said it at the beginning of this one too. I had uh, no toys, no lubes, no heighteners, no cleaners, no lingerie and no complaints. Right. So we've always had a good sex life. And it's only just gotten better over the years because the more I just, it just wasn't something I was into. I'm still not into it. Like it's just. I've got my own body issues. I'd rather either be naked or wearing a 3X t-shirt I got for free from the bank. <laughs> oh my God. I love those two extremes. You're just, <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm into it. Um, I mean, you're really, you're really, I mean, I know you know this, but like you're exceptionally blessed, not only really to have a partner, as you probably guess, most of this podcast is talking to other single people about um, why, finding a partner in the online dating culture right now is so inherently tragic. Um, but finding a partner yeah. who is exceptionally supportive of Hashtag something that you're picks. really <laughs> passionate about, like you're, I think that's, uh, I'm very envious and, uh, I, I, congratulations on finding such a good match. Thanks. I got lucky. <laughs> you did. I think you did get fucking lucky. Uh, I will tell you from personal experience, you got lucky. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is I have two single daughters. They're 21 and 28, and neither of them have ever had a long-term boyfriend. And one of them has only had one boyfriend, and he lived in North Carolina, and so he was basically a phone boyfriend, and that's the only boyfriend she's ever had. And I, she's like, what's wrong with me? And I said, well, she actually doesn't care. And, and, uh, but every now and then she's like, how come I don't have a boyfriend? And I'm like, cause you have self-esteem. <laughs> Bravo. All of your, all of your girls that are just bouncing from guy to guy to guy to guy, you're better off being with yourself and loving who you are. And then the right guy will find you when the time is right. Thank you. Exactly, exactly the message that we are continually putting forth on this podcast. And um, I say this many, many times, people are probably exhausted of me saying it, but I do feel that there's a stigma around being single in this country. It does make women think that they have not been picked or chosen and that there's something inherently wrong with them. And so this is, yeah, this podcast is to destigmatize that and say that like, like being single is 100% okay. And more often is a place of personal 
personal joy and growth than being uh, attached to a partner who's not the right person for you. So, oh, amen. Happy to talk to them if they. I, I don't want to put this on them, but if I would love to get a younger voice on the podcast if they're ever interested in um, coming on, um, or just have them listen to a couple episodes. To be perfectly honest, but well, my daughter Sarah just did one of my podcasts, and girl, she's hysterical to have on. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk. Uh, but back to you. Back to you and your. Uh, I love your family, but <laughs> back to you. So, um, uh, I want to know what. Um, well, since we were talking more about like your set and stuff, um, what is your first, your, your personal favorite bit or your joke from your set? Could you? Would you be open to sharing it with us? Well, it's it's hard to do bits unless you're in like the moment. Um, I've just been dropping little bits of them as we've been going. Well, how about what's your favorite, what's your favorite subject to talk about? Like, what do you think you get the most response from, from an audience when you talk about is it like blowjobs? Is it masturbation? Is oh, it yeah. Uh, yeah. husband I jokes? A, a solid, I, I was at a comedy show one time and when the, the sh- beforehand, the comedians are out and we're just chatting and the guy asked me my name and I said, I'm really into it. Taskowski and he goes, oh, I've heard of you. And I'm like, no, you haven't. And he goes, yeah, no, I have. I heard you have a solid five on blowjobs. And I was like, oh, okay, you have heard of me. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> You're like, that's my long line. <laughs> that's that is, my that line. is what I'm known for. That's, <laughs> that is the, the first five minutes that I ever did. Like I said, I snatched it right out of my um, demo and it's all about oral favors and it's talk about how long it takes the average guy to orgasm. And, um, you know, it, it when I do it in the in the party, I, I'm talking about the products that'll, you know, make it faster and make it slower. And then I talk about oral favors and I talk about how much I hate doing oral favors. And uh, and I have people crying. They're crying during this part. They could have hated me the other hour and a half. They are crying during my blowjob bit. <laughs> now, why do you hate why do you hate giving blowjobs yourself? I just have the worst gag reflex in history and <laughs> I, um, I can gag just thinking about it. So oh, no! I, yeah, it's, I had a friend of mine, she used to have this whole thing cause she was also a consultant and she would do this thing called penis genius and you would pay to be part of the class and she would sell you the, the dildo and then all of the things that go on penises so the arousal creams the lubricants like everything all came together in this package that she would do and she would go through all of the facts about penises and including and i'm gonna try not to dry heave when i say this because it gets me every time she would even talk about the calorie oh i can't no the calorie count in Semen? ejaculate yeah <laughs> and i Ew. yeah Ew. and so i'm yeah, she covered everything. And we're in the ocean. We're all sitting around. It was on a trip that we had all earned. And we're sitting in the ocean. And I start to dry heave. And she's still going. And I'm dry heaving. And I'm like, we're in the ocean. You need to stop. Because if I throw up, we're going to get eaten by sharks. Like, just stop. Now I'm, I can't stop thinking about it. What is the calorie count? I don't remember. I was oh, dry heaving on. so hard. Oh, really? Now I have to Google it. And then I'm going to get creepy ads. Yep. Yep, you are. I apologize. I, I I hate every time I ever think about that because my stomach gets so grossed out by it. But it's it's a mental thing, and I'm aware it's a mental thing. And we have a product that will help with the gag reflex, but that's for people who have a gag reflex. 
you know, like if you if you gag when you do your toothbrush or if you hit certain spot in your mouth, like I, I have a gag reflex and I have a mental gag reflex. Like the dentist office hates me. <laughs> Wait, but is that a also, muscle relaxer? What is it? Pardon? What it, what's the product? Is it like a muscle relaxer? It's called Great Head, and it's just it coats your throat, so it coats it with a, a thick layer, so that you're less likely to to be reactive to something touching the back of your throat. And cool. it works very well for people who have a gag reflex, but that's how it started. I would say this works excellent if you have a gag reflex. This does not work if you're gagging because there's a penis in your mouth, right? Right, right. <laughs> because like I've been married for however at the right. time I was like twelve years. And I do the ABCs of oral favors. It's anniversary, birthday, coach bag, and shit-faced pick two. One of them must be shit-faced. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that coach bag is in there. <laughs> yes. If I ever gave, if anyone ever gave me a coach bag as a gift, they could do literally whatever they wanted with me. Like, fuck the blowjob. <laughs> like, wow. it's your buyer's choice. What do you want? <laughs> so another part of my show and it's a true story I, w- I had done this huge party in uh, the Hamptons in Montauk Point and um, it was in February or something and my husband and I decided to make it a weekend because in order to get there I have to take a ferry anyway and I wouldn't have been able to take the ferry home because it would have been too late so we went and I had had my eye on this Kate Spade bag for weeks I had put it on my Facebook I had put it everywhere like universe I want this bag so he drops me off and then he drives around the Hamptons for five hours. It was a massive party and it was like a $3,000 party. So my commission from this party was like $1,700 and we're out and um, eating dinner and I'm like, I'm going to go buy that bag tomorrow. I'm so excited. Da, 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 da. And we get back to the hotel and I get out of the car and I'm always like 15 feet ahead of him. I get on the elevator first and then he comes around the corner and he's holding this bag from Kate Spade and I'm like like the shopping bag and I'm like oh my god is that the purse and so we go upstairs and he had bought the purse for me and I was so excited and so then we had regular sex at night and then the next morning I wake up and he's got that glorious morning penis and and I was like you know a good wife would suck that dick (laughs) and then I dry heaved (laughs) and I said I'm not that good of a wife <laughs> so, I was gonna say you'd have to change it to like the ABKS of yeah. marriage. I literally was like, you could go in the car and get the great head, and I was like, no, you can't, Ooh, no, you can't. And so I took care of him, but it was not with my mouth, dude. Like, I mean, really, your 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 husband is magical. Like, not only all the oh, yeah, he's a unicorn for and sure. And now he's okay with you, like not giving him blowjobs, like. Where, wherever, if you had sons, I would ask you to send them to me. Like, seriously. And, I, and my sons would be amazing, but I have all daughters. Yeah. Um, I did want to say my, my daughters, all the girls, all the girls out there, please stop worrying about what you look like. Because the guy who loves you is going to love you no matter what you look like. And I was, I want to say it was, it was one of my high school boyfriends. And I had been working on an apartment And so I was covered with spackle and I was covered with dust and I was covered with dirt. And then we had a water main break and then I was covered with water. So then you take the dirt and the dust and the muck and then you add water. So I basically looked like a muddy ghost. And my uh, friend and I, who were working on the house together, went to the hardware store and got what we needed. And while we were there, we bumped into one of his friends and 
then later on we went home and he get a call from his friend and his friend was like, hey, who is that cute girl that you're with? And I assure you, I was not cute at that moment. <laughs> Maybe they was and like- we dated for like three months. Bringing up fantasies of like mud wrestling for him. Like, you don't know. Maybe he was like, oh, that, <laughs> that woman likes to get dirty. I'm okay with yes. that. Like, no, well, but I, I love that. I, think I it, love that message. I mean, I think it's I really think it important. Was. It was- it was the confidence. It was the confidence of that I was busy doing something with my hands. I wasn't afraid to get dirty. I was just, I wasn't trying to impress anybody. And I still think of him. He had a big penis. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see, you have an amazing husband. Yes. <laughs> I love it. He's going to hear this and be like, fuck, Raylene, the, the penis again. I think if if he was gonna be upset by anything after 24 years, what could I possibly say? I know at this point, at this point, he's good. But like, what about your daughters? How do they feel about you talking about this? Is it cringeworthy, or do they think it's awesome? Um, I think it's probably a little bit of both because I'm still their mom, so there is a little bit of cr- cringeworthiness. But I also know that two of the three of them are very proud of me and very proud of what I do and tell people what I do. Um, I think the middle one, she's proud of me, but she's the most um, conservative of all of us. And so she does share, she shares me with her friends. Like she lives in New York City. And so she'll come in, have me come in and do parties for her friends and oh recommend God, me to people because she knows I'm good at what I do. Yeah. But also, Are you who in New York City too, or just New York? I'm, no, I'm in I'm in Queens, so New York City. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but who wouldn't want to have like um, a best friend whose mom is essentially like an expert on women's sexual health? Like, we all need that person in our life. I can't have these conversations with my mother. I've never had them with my mother. God knows where I learned about sex in the proper way, but it wasn't through her. <laughs> um, you yeah. know what I mean? So if I had had a best friend who was, A, okay talking about this stuff like a normal human being, and also could um, I could go to as a confidant to, to ask uncomfortable questions, like, I, I would have relished that person in my life. Like, you're you're doing God's work. Let's just say that. Oh, thank you. I actually said my note, daughter's friends do come to me and that makes me happy. It's it's no, it's really it's important. Like I said, I wish all young women had that kind of person to go to in their life. But um side this made me think of something. I was checking out the um pure romance blog on the site and I clicked on an article called Finding Love in the Time of COVID because um, we also have uh, on hashtag King single we have an episode about it it's called um, episode 23 it's called Love in the Time of Corona right like everyone was talking about this when Corona first hit um, yes. and I interview an infectious disease specialist yep. who's also a relationship coach but the site prompt said you might also like this article and it was a Mother's Day gift guide to intimate gifts and I just like completely lost it um i mean look if you're like in your sexual prime and a mother yes like please get your wife something fun like that but all i could think about was the stuff that we gave my mom for mother's day in the past (laughs) which is like there was like a long tradition of giving her freaking like pot holders as children as if we needed to reinforce stereotypes any further but like the contradiction of my mother receiving a pot holder versus say like "Mm, i don't know like a g-spot vibrator was just like a little too much for me to process I just thought, you know, I, I, but that's, you know, I think a lot of us probably have uh, that wall up where we can't picture our mothers as sexual human beings. And I will tell you that I have the same problem with my parents. Like uh, my parents do come to me for advice because there was um, a medical 
thing that happened to my dad and made it uh, gave him some side effects. And so I became the person that they talked to about Holy it. Holy cow, that's crazy. Part, you know, part of me is like, ew, it's my parents. Ew, 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 ew. And the other part of me is like, this is your job. This is what you do. Calm the fuck down. Right. Um, because I, I want my parents to have sexual satisfaction up until the moment they die. I mean, if I want it for myself, why would I not want it for my parents? And I also want it for my daughters. I, I want them to have sexual satisfaction. Do I want to know about it all the time? Not so much. But, but do I want it for them? Absolutely. Good for you. I, I, I mean, if you really, when you put it in that framework, we would we should all want that for people that we love. Absolutely. Let's talk to your single friends about sex toys. Yes, please do. <laughs> let's let's talk about us because we're so neglected, us single people. Um, I did want to actually talk to you about being single and being um, and like what I refer to as single sex, which is to say sex with yourself, since none of us are really connecting in person right now. Um, well, I'll amend that to say <laughs> you're not supposed right. to be sharing spit with strangers right now, but. I bet you people are having some COVID booty calls or one night stands. I, I just wouldn't want to risk my health personally. I've been talking to my friends and like we're all just sexually deprived. Not like we were having crazy one right. night stands as it was, but when you're actively dating, when you're going out and meeting people, you know, going home once right. in a while with someone you have a really strong sexual attraction to is a side effect. And now we're not meeting anybody. Exactly. So we're all just like, right. we're all just having single sex as I refer to. So yeah. I don't know. Do you have any tips or tricks to sexual satisfaction during the time of COVID? I would say you have to get in your, if you, ha you have to get in a headspace and it's the same thing as when you're with a partner. If you're not in the headspace, you're not going to orgasm. So you need to romance yourself. So you can watch a movie that makes you happy you know, or romantic. I'm not saying watch a porn, but that would probably work too. But I mean, if you want, if you want a quick fuck, watch a porn and, and get off. Great. But if you want to have a moment with yourself, uh, your favorite movie, a glass of wine, a shower, a candle, you know, make a date for yourself to enjoy it. Or just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Either way, I'm a big fan of a power nap. <laughs> <laughs> a nice reset. Power, little... power nap meaning I set my Siri for 20 minutes, I uh, masturbate for two and a half, I sleep for 17, and I wake up in a better mood. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds phenomenal. <laughs> You're like a perfect recipe for an afternoon reboot. reboot. Yeah, that's, that's what I... Those are my powered apps. <laughs> it's a um, good, pair, it's a good like analogy because not all sex is created equal, right? Like sometimes, even if you have a partner, sometimes it's a quickie, and sometimes it's a connection and it's romantic. So obviously, treating your own body with the same kind of parameters makes exactly. sense to me. Um, and as much as I sell sex toys, I do not believe you need sex toys for a great orgasm. Uh, I learned how to rock the boat at a very young age, and I rarely need anything more than that, than a happy thought and two fingers. And the clitoris is on the outside, so I don't know where everybody came up with if you're masturbating, you must be fingering yourself, because that's nowhere near your clitoris. So. Totally. <laughs> question mark there. I'm sure that was a patriarchal <laughs> idea, which we all love. I'm uh, sure. Here. They're like, you must be sticking your fingers inside because that's where everything happens. Yeah, that's, no, that's no, what it doesn't. girls do to themselves. Um, do you have any specific products that you love or you want to recommend to single women? 
uh, we have got this great toy called the Twilight Mood, and it bends in half. So you can hit your clitoris and your G-spot at the same time, and it vibrates on both sides. And then if you do have a partner, it's low. It's, um, what's the word I usually use with this? It's, it doesn't take up a lot of space on the inside, so your partner can still go enter right underneath it which will push you up further into your G-spot and you'll still get your clitoral stimulation on the outside. And you can also use it on a penis. You can, you know, on the testicles during your oral favors to move them along a little quicker. So it's a multi-use toy that I'm a big fan of. Yeah, it's like the universal remote of sex. Exactly. It's called Twilight Mood. Cool. I'm going to put it on my website. (laughs) Is it on the Pure Romance site so I can link it? Yeah, Yeah, but go to puremancebyraylene.com. Ooh, oh, right, okay. So we can get the inside scoop of what you like. Well, and also, I get commission if you do that. (laughs) Well, I assumed. I just didn't want to say it aloud. I was just trying to be polite. (laughs) I don't don't want anybody to think that I don't earn commission on my sales. Uh, I have loved being a Pure Romance consultant for 13 years. I want to be a speaker, and I want to do my stage shows, but Pure Romance is still how I pay my bills. And so... I've very much enjoyed it. I have had to learn to uh, flip to now I'm doing online parties, which was terrifying for me at first. And now I'm just like, I would like to keep doing them online because now I don't have to leave the house. I don't have to wear pants. I can drink wine. (laughs) (laughs) Who's doing online parties? Is it like bachelorette parties? Like, are they virtual? They're just virtual parties. People who still want to have, they want to either get free stuff or they want stuff and they don't know what they want. So they'll pop in for a live party. Oh, so and just they no excuse, to... just like, like Pardon? I could host one if I wanted to. Absolutely. Fuck, we yeah. should totally do that. We should. Then you can see how I how I do the other half of my life. Yes. Okay, we'll talk. It's a lot of fun. That sounds great. Um, what are the top three things that you think would surprise people most about sex? Or he, have you found that surprise people most about sex? Well, I, honestly, it's ridiculous that how many people don't know the arousal system between men and women and as much as we joke about it people don't realize the fact is men orgasm average 2.8 minutes and the women average between 15 and 20 minutes that's our that's our arousal system with a partner it takes us longer to get aroused that's why i said earlier date yourself have a glass of wine take a shower shave, watch your sexy movie. It takes us time to reset our brain from I'm working, I'm working, I'm cooking dinner, I have to do some more stuff for work because now everybody's working from home. Uh, and and to separate your, you know, of course for me, sometimes I'm like, fuck it, I need an orgasm and I go do a party, uh, a power nap. <laughs> yeah, but you're probably, <laughs> I'm with you, you're blessed in that arena, but you also, your work is around sex, so to be to be fair, your your brain is probably already thinking about sex by the time you're, well, like, well, ready for a power nap. No, it's usually when I'm watching Outlander. <laughs> but Outlander is hot, though. Can we talk about that? Yes. The sex scenes in Outlander, I talk about them all the time to my girlfriends. I'm like, oh, my God, you have to watch them. Yes. I'm so yes. glad we're on the same page about that one. Um, but when I'm talking about, when I do my TED talk about open, honest discussions about women's sexual health, that's great for TV, but it's not real. Oh, of course not. Right, right. Yeah. You know, there, I mean, as much as I'm sure there were people who enjoyed it back then, few people showered very often. They didn't brush their teeth. 
They didn't shave anything. They were hairy as fuck, I was going to say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a while to bust through that, that chamber of hair that's been created down there. <laughs> that that web, like briar patch you have to cut through. But also, yeah, even in Outlander, Hollywood's guilty of this. Like everyone sees women being ready to go in a moment of passion, which is right. not a true because women um, need to get warmed up in order to release the vagina muscles. And um, they also are somehow able to climax, just as you talked about, in that moment of penetration without a guy doing anything else. Um, That's something that really bothers me. But of course, it's like, I don't know, it's an expectation of what we want to see. I guess it's um, the only other, the only film I've ever seen that has sort of dismantled that patriarchal, expression of sex has been um blue is the warmest color which of course is like with two women in the first place have you ever seen that oh, film i haven't i've seen the only you have, you have homework in. you have to well, it's so fucking hot it's insane like and i'm obviously not gay but this, these two women have the hottest goddamn sex i've ever seen in my well, life of course they would they know where everything is yes yes <laughs> No, but it was heavily criticized at Cannes because the sex scene went on for, wait for it, eight minutes, which is not even realistic in real life, but too long for Hollywood. And so people got up and started walking out of this sex scene because it was uncomfortably long, as people said. And Well, it would be um, uncomfortably long to watch. It's not uncomfortably long to be in it. No, but the fact that we represent sex scenes as like 30 seconds long in film, that's what I'm right, saying. Right. That's unrealistic. Whereas Absolutely. watching eight minutes is still not realistic and felt too long for everybody. So anyway, we digress about film. That's okay. <laughs> um, that's okay. I'm just, what do you want? Like, what do you hope that people who experience your show, your, I, I'm thinking specifically your comedy show here, but... Um, you could sort of broaden that to all of your work. Like, what do you really hope that people will take away from it? What is your driving purpose behind your show and what you do? I want people to be able to talk to their partners to make their sex lives better because communication is the number one thing that will improve your sex life. And it doesn't matter how you want to phrase it. So for instance, when my husband and I were first dating, um, at, we would go to my house was on one side of town and the bar that we would go to was on the other side of town and his house was in between. And every time we would leave the bar that we hung out with, cause we did a lot of line dancing, he'd be like, I have to go home and walk the dog. And then we would go to his house and then we'd have sex and then we would go to my house. So after a while, it just walked the dog became a euphemism for having sex. And it would still be a conversation where I could say, hey, you want to go walk the dog? <laughs> you know? Um, and then later on, it became uh, got nine minutes because that was a different thing. And then later on in our relationship, you know, I was like, hey, remember that thing that we did that time? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I kind of liked that. You know, so however you need to communicate with your partner what you want will make it better all the time. And so I want them to be able to talk about communications. That's why I really like my stand-up sex ed comedy show, because then people come as couples and they can converse on the way home. What did you think about what she said about this? What did you think about that toy? What did you think about this? 
Um, the biggest one is that, that, as we were discussing, the difference between how long it takes men and how long it takes women. So when men understand it, when they hear it from somebody other than their partner, they're more likely to understand it. Plus I show a 3D clitoris and when I show the 3D clitoris and they understand that they're nowhere near our sex organ when they're inside. So I like that. And then the other one is use lube. Always have lube on hand, always have it on hand. Doesn't mean you need it every time, but you should always have it because when you need it, if you don't have it, it will ruin your sexual experience. Cause now you're running around the house going, what do I have? Olive oil? uh mayonnaise you know what the fuck can i use <laughs> exactly um, please don't use melted ice cream no you can use coconut oil i actually i don't i don't like coconut oil because it solidifies um although it does stay liquid at body temperature so that's not too bad but i prefer mct oil isn't there sugar in coconut oil no coconut oil pure coconut oil is just coconut oil just oil okay um, but if you're going to go the coconut oil route, you're better off to use MCT oil, which is basically coconut oil that you took the solids out of. That makes sense. Yeah. So like if you have bullet, if you make bulletproof coffee and you put MCT oil in your coffee, you can use it in your vagina too. <laughs> I love multi-uses. Exactly. We're just a no waste company here. That's a, it's phenomenal. It's not my favorite lube, but if you don't have my favorite lube then you can have some coconut oil. But my favorite lube is called Just Like Me. It's odorless, colorless, flavorless, tasteless, pH balanced, non-staining, re-wetting, FDA-cleared, gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free, and no weight, wa- no weight watchers points. Oh, and kosher. <laughs> I love the part where you say it's, like, gluten-free. Um, you're like, if there is gluten or, like, if there is dairy in your lube, that's okay, a bad I would thing. just say that's a general no. <laughs> yeah. Don't use milk-based products for lube. Well, we did say no ice cream also, so I think we covered <laughs> yes, it. please don't. Um, that's, I'm assuming that's on your site, too. I can link that up for people. Yes. Killer. I it's will do that. It's literally the best. It re-wets. So as long as you have a little of your own vaginal moisture, it will stay wet. And if, it, if you have cool. none whatsoever, like you're high as fuck and you're dry, a little bit of spit will re-wet it for you. Oh, that's so neat. That's like a, well, I'm so corny. I'm like talking about lube and I'm like, what a neat product. Um, but really that's like scientifically, that's really neat. Like something that rehydrates uh, itself. Like yeah. how phenomenal is that? I'm excited to check that out. Um, I saw on your YouTube, some of your video, videos are, are recent. Are you still performing right now? No, those all came from my last stand-up comedy sex ed show, which was oh, you're just posting two, recently. Yeah, it was two weeks before everything shut down. So, yeah, other than online parties, I'm done. Okay. But I'm just I was pulling gonna ask, through. Yeah, like where people can find you. If, if people want to book um, an online sex toy party, how do they get in touch with you? Well, if you go to stand up, uh, well, actually, it doesn't matter. StandupComedySexEd.com, StandupComedySexEd on Instagram. You can go to PureRomanceByRaylene.com and request a party. Um, find me on Facebook. I'm the only Raylene Taskowski in the world. So <laughs> that, that helps. I'm sure also if you put Raylene Taskowski sex, that probably yeah. is only is like, you're the only search results as well. That's great. Yes. Um, well, it's just been a don't joy. do just Raylene and sex. You know that, right? right. <laughs> because there was a you porn star named Raylene. <laughs> 
There's a porn star named Raylene, so be careful. You have to add oh, in the Taskoski. <laughs> Amazing. She's like from the 80s. I think she sells oh, um, real estate in Germany now, but she, her website is still active. You should you should 100% work that into your show somehow. I don't know how, but like that would be such a funny bit. I worked it into my meta tags once. Back when back when I had a uh, website, I was number one for so many years. If you looked under both Rayleigh and the Porn Star or under this diet program that I was on, I would be the first one to come up. And in my meta tags, I said Rayleigh, not the Porn Star. <laughs> so I still got all of the ta- all of the hits. It's <laughs> so great. Listen, you're internet famous on multiple levels. It does not matter how people get their way to you. <laughs> That's true. At least you're in the same industry, right? Right. Sure. Um, Raylene, it has been a joy talking with you. Um, I love having sex positive conversations um, on hashtag single. I love having them just in general for women, um, powerful, independent women of the world. And I would love to connect with you further to see how we can maybe, I don't know, do a party or an Instagram live and just like, um, you know, spread the word to single women who uh, are struggling in quarantine. Yeah, this has been rough. It's been rough on all of us. I hear you. I mean, I've been stuck home with a husband and two kids for crying out loud. You, you might be craving being single at that point. I, I know, right? <laughs> well, we're all like the grass is greener, right? Like I, I that's suppose. what all my friends. I'm like, at least you have someone to have sex with, and they're like, at least you do not have to spend every single day looking at the same face. And I'm like, okay, I understand that too. So that's true. Um, yeah. But now that we've got the kids home it does put the kibosh a little bit on sex. When they lived here before, it was never a problem, but now they've been gone and come back now for some reason he thinks they can hear us all the time. And so we have to like squeak quiet moments and I'm like, want to have sex? And he's like, they'll hear us. I'm like, no, they won't. Also, they're grown women, so. Right, exactly. They know we have sex. Yes. Um, well, anyway, Jake, Raylene, it was it was awesome talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom and your um, incredible personality with us. I'm excited to share what you do with um, more single women in our audience. And uh, I definitely mean, like, I, I really want to figure out how we can maybe, um, I don't know, get an event together uh, in the near future. It would be fun. I would love to do it. And thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Um, that's it for this episode of Hashtag Single, you guys. We will catch you next time. Hi.